Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and if you've arrived here, there must be a reason. I'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your wellbeing alongside ADHD, or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer. So, why start this podcast? I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40. And now, after supporting many other women just like me, and probably you, I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD. And through the podcast, I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and balanced life. So wherever you are on your ADHD journey, my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. So as this podcast has grown, I wanted to create a space for more like-minded women um, to join and be able to access more of my resources and workshops. And that is why I've created the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Collective. I am absolutely delighted to have this membership. There's so many of you on board already. We are having fantastic conversations. And what I'm promising you in this membership is that we are going to have at least one monthly live workshop. I'm bringing in lots of different guest experts, extra resources I'm not able to provide on the podcast, conversations that, again, I haven't got time to provide on the podcast bringing you all my best resources, previous workshops, and just allowing things to flow when I'm finding interesting pieces of information. I'm sharing them on the platform. So if you are interested in being part of a group of like-minded people who wants to learn more about their ADHD, learn more how to help yourself, empower yourself with new holistic emotional and well-being practices, then I would absolutely love it if you came and joined us in the collective. If you're interested, you can come and have a little nosy, come and see what it's all about. I've got information on the show notes of this podcast. If you head to my website, which is coachingbykate.me.uk, or if you go to Patreon and you search up ADHD Women's Wellbeing Collective, you will find all the information there. I've kept it as um, affordable as possible. So it's much more affordable than one-to-one coaching. And for that, you get to have access to me. I am answering your questions live. I'm able to give you advice and insights and hopefully share some of the tips that I'm getting from working with so many of you. So if you just head to my show notes of the podcast, you will see all the details and I really hope to see you there. So hi everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. It's Kate, your host as always, and today I've got something a bit different for you actually. I have a man, I know, I mean shock and horror. (laughs) I've actually invited a man to come and speak. It's been rare for me to find someone with a male tone, a male voice that resonates so much with what I talk about and what really makes me feel very passionate about helping and guiding ADHD women. So we have Joseph Pack here. Now I found Joseph on LinkedIn, which isn't actually my kind of social media of choice. I do like it. I like networking on there. But Joseph's posts messaging really stood out to me. He has a newsletter called the Drug-Free ADHD Newsletter. 
And he is on a mission to prove that we can manage our ADHD without medication through natural techniques that put us in touch with nature. And he says he doesn't have neatly packed answers. I don't think anyone does. And he mostly raises questions and shares what he's learning and building. And he'll know when he's doing things right if you start thinking in a new way. So he talks about things like breath work and yoga and meditation and cold exposure and lots of things I've talked about on the podcast. And I am not against medication. I've I've said this many times. I'm very pro-choice. I think that if people find the right medication that works for them, that helps them feel better and thrive, amazing. But I know from many stories and anecdotes from different people that often the medication doesn't work and that's helped you know what's why I do what I do well-being and lifestyle because I want to give people other options other choices and that is why I've invited Joseph onto the podcast so we can kind of delve in and really discuss what works for you and a little bit about your story so Joseph welcome to the podcast so happy to have you here Hey, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. So I, yeah, I just found out five minutes ago that I'm the first man to be on here. So I am <laughs> I am truly honoured. Yes. And you know what? I know obviously my audience are women, but I do re- recognise that there's men out there who have got a lot to help us with and guide us with. But I just kind of feel that often with ADHD, it shows up quite differently. And many women are being diagnosed much later in life uh, as opposed to to men. So we sort of on the bit of a back foot, hence the reason why I just speak to lots of women, because there's lots of stories that we can all relate to. But Joseph, I think what drew me to you, you know, every single post that you put on LinkedIn, I'm always there like commenting, telling you how much I relate to it. So I just want to read one little quote from your post today, which just really drew me in. And you're talking about being diagnosed slightly later on in life. You were diagnosed at 27, which we'll hear about. But what you sort of end with is you say you go from knowing something is wrong to realizing what is wrong to finally accepting there's nothing wrong. You're just different and different is amazing. And that just kind of like for me was really profound. And I think a lot of women who are listening will will really kind of appreciate that because so many of us have grown up and we've got these beliefs that there's we've always been wrong. There's something fundamentally flawed with us. And then we get this diagnosis and then we realize, okay, I'm just different, but I'm not wrong. So thank you for sharing that. It's a really great post. I mean, that's genuinely how I feel now. I didn't at first, if I'm honest. I don't like the word disorder at all. I don't, I don't think it's positive. And I'll just say quickly, I have, I have no problem with people taking medication because I genuinely have no opinion on what other people choose to do. And I try so hard to make sure that when I write something on LinkedIn or other, because I use Instagram as well, but just not as much, is that I try to make sure that I'm just talking about my own experience and not trying to force people to be different or mm. trying to tell them that they're wrong for doing something. Um, so yeah, where's the difference? So I think if we rephrase ADHD as a difference, we can start to look at it through a lens of how does this fit into a natural life? Let's say so 200 years ago, we had the industrial revolution that basically forced us all into fitting into a very neatly defined box. And I think in that moment, anyone that had ADHD was just done for. Mm. And of course, ADHD wasn't technically a thing back then. But if we go back even 12,000 years to the beginning of the agricultural age, I think that was probably the beginning of people with ADHD suffering. Because 
we lived as hunter-gatherers before that, where we didn't have to stand in line and do as we were told and pick all the slugs off the leaf all day or run up and down the field. You know, we would be out in the woods and we'd be using our intuition. And when we saw an animal, we would chase after it. In many ways, that that is the ADHD superpower to be able to mm. just go out there and do things with intuition as quickly as possible. So when we're forced into a society that makes us sit down in a chair, which I think is partly is quite bad for many people with ADHD, for eight hours in front of a computer screen, and, and sometimes we're told off for moving, then how are we supposed to cope in that environment? So my whole thing is you're not broken. It's not a disorder. You're just different. You Mm. don't fit into that box of sitting down for eight hours. And if you can pull yourself outside of that and find the box that you do fit into, I think you'll find that your symptoms will start to dissipate slowly. Um, That's it. And, And I've tried that with myself for several years now and I am convinced that it's the way forward when you frame it like that and with the historical context and um I've read I would say I've dipped into chapters I've read it in a very ADHD way I've sort of opened up um, the hunter and a gatherer's world and it very much sort of plays on that premise of us being the the hunter and we're the ones that are, you know, you told me off camera just before that you were starting businesses from a young age and we're the innovators. We think outside the box and we think differently and we can't put ourselves in, in specific boxes and terminologies. And so, I mean, I'm interested to know what led to your diagnosis. You were 27. You said to me before that school was always a challenge, that you didn't get any GCSEs, but you ended up setting up a very successful business and sold it and travelled around the world. What, Where did the diagnosis fit into all of this? Yeah, I did. I literally did. Well, I got a couple of GCSEs, but not enough to do anything with at all. I couldn't go to sixth form to get A-levels, obviously. I, I didn't really want to, but I was playing music a lot of the time. I was in a band when I was like 15 or 16. And my my mum, God, I can't believe she did this, actually. She called up the college in Buxton, actually. It's not too far away from you, is it? I don't think. Mm, and yeah. she um, she lied to them about how many GCSEs I'd got, just on the off chance that perhaps they wouldn't check. And they didn't. <laughs> and I got she in. got ADHD. Is you remember no, ADHD? Well, maybe, but it's definitely... That's quite an ADHD so, thing yeah. to do, yeah. And I... Um, she'll hate she'll she'll kill me for saying that (laughs) anyway I got in and the first year I was I was just as bad as I was at at secondary school I was I I I mean I got excluded actually for for a couple of weeks for getting very drunk like halfway Mm -hmm. through the day so I got a sort of a warning from the teacher her name was Janet and she for something just got through to me and I still can't work out exactly what it was I think I must have just had a lot of respect for her and she gave me another chance and Mm. I ended up starting the next year um, from the first year, if you will. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I just did it incredibly well somehow. Hmm. And it gave me a lot of confidence to then go away and start a business, I think. And and I realized that with doing so poorly at school, I was never going to do well at university because obviously a music course is extremely practical. So anything that was academic was out the window for me. Mm-hmm. And um, the business that I started ended up doing very, very well, actually. 
we're a marketing agency that was working with brands like Patagonia and Adidas and big brands like that. And then in 2017, I sold the business because a year before that, I had five seizures in the night and, and oh. I woke up in hospital one morning and I have very little memory from that, apart from having a lumbar puncture in my spinal column. It's not something wow. you're going to forget. And the doctors just could not work out what the problem was because they, they thought I'd got meningitis. Anyway, my mum, again, saved me. She took me to a private hospital in Cheshire to see an expert neurologist, Dr. Schumacher, his name was. And he knew immediately what the problem was. And it was stress. Wow. Yeah. So I had been drinking 10 super strong coffees a day for years. And I'd been getting very, very drunk at the weekend, just medicating right. myself, basically. And yeah. I just exploded. And then as a result of getting that diagnosis, if you will, of like stress-related seizures, I saw a therapist and he said to me, have you ever been tested for ADHD? And I said, no. But I had joked about it a couple of times in the past, never really believing it. And he says, I'm pretty much certain you are. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I got tested and I am. Wow. So you were basically unknowingly self-medicating, knowing that something was going on for you that you needed help with. And it was only at the age of 27 that there was any formal discussion about ADHD. I mean, that's as a boy, as a man, that's quite uncommon because as we know that it's picked up much easier in, in boys, teachers kind of flag it up. And I think the fact that you had that one teacher that believed in you. And I always think that when we have that one teacher, it's almost like a guiding light through education, just, you know, to get us through to that next bit of education, just to see us into the world, whether or not it's, you know, further education or not. But it's, maybe it's just a belief that someone has in you that you you can do something, you are of worth, that you are enough. But you clearly had an intuition that you knew that you had a business mind, that you were creative, that you knew that being in the conformity of, of you know, education wasn't for you. So when did all the holistic side come out? I guess when you were diagnosed, were you given medication straight away? So after I'd had the seizures, I was given medication for that as well. I was given anti-epilepsy medication mm. and I sat with it for a bit and I was like, I just, I'm not going to take this because I'm not epileptic, but you know, I've had seizures so I can understand why the doctor's given them to me. So I just started researching ways to not have seizures again. <laughs> it's the easiest way to, because uh, that's the other thing, like I'm not an academic person, but I am so obsessive over things that I'm interested in. So when it came to not having seizures again, I was obsessed with it. So I just read and read and read and read and then started self-experimenting. And I went to see the neurologist for a checkup and he was like, have you taken the medication? And I said, no, but I've done these things, X, Y, and Z. And he said, wow. And he said, most people just want the medication. I was like, yeah, I know, but I was going to take it maybe, but I just wanted to see what would happen first if I did it this way. Mm. And those things were like meditation, yoga, Bikram, like hot yoga I was doing at the time, mm. um, journaling, you know, exercising better, eating better, not drinking coffee, not drinking alcohol. Can I just interrupt you on that? Because what you're describing here are very sort of discipline-led tools. And to have a, a, such a, an amazing practice 
especially without meaning to sound sexist, but like some men are quite resistant towards this type of thing, the more holistic, um, you know, tapping into themselves, especially through journaling. It, it, I feel like it's women embrace things like this a little bit easier. I, and again, I'm talking more kind of like my husband, where I've tried to give him all sorts of tools like this, and he's been very resistant to it. Um, how did you, how do you stick to it? How, where do you get the discipline from to know that every day you have to lean into these things to help you feel better? I think it started off from a place of fear. I think spending four days in the hospital, having a lumbar puncture in your spinal column and doctors not knowing what's wrong with you and thinking you're going to die, like mm -hmm. it sticks with you. And then you, I think I just did not want to go back to the hospital. That was it. Mm -hmm. That, And I guess that is a very rare circumstance that I, it's hard for me to find a lesson in that. But jumping forward to today, what is it that I know that makes me keep doing this? It's ordering the stuff I do in such a way that creates results quickly with also the long-term benefit. So for example, breath work, which you know a lot about, it has instant results. So if I was to just go like the Wim Hof breathing for just 30 mm. times, it's going to take me 30 seconds, let's say. I can feel it instantly. So, and that gives me sort of the, I would say the power or the motivation to then do the next bit, which would be like the meditation. So yeah. for me, it's all about ordering. So if I go yeah. do meditation now, I'm going to go, nah, not going to do it. Even me, even me, and I'm like fully, fully deep into all this stuff. I still won't do it. So I have to go, what can I start immediately with no resistance? Take some deep breaths. Everyone can do that. And actually by doing... 10 minutes of Wim Hof, which is a pretty long time, it's so easy to then get into meditation at that point. Because one, because you don't want to move, because you're like high, basically. And two, because I think that the breath work is part of the meditation, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of yoga. They're all part of the same thing, really. Yeah. You know, you're kind of like habit stacking, aren't you? You're kind of getting, taking one small step on the ladder getting to that place instead of it being like, oh my God, I've got to sit and do 20 minutes of meditation, which, you know, even, you know, a neurotypical brain may struggle with. You're just going, right, I'm just going to do a minute of the breath work. Like you say, settling the mind, settling the nervous system, you get to that settled place. And then it's like, okay, let's just do a bit more. And then maybe I can set, you know, get myself into a meditation. It's so powerfully simple. And that's why I love it because, you know, we could read books on breath work and get so overwhelmed by all the information but we could just find one practice that works for us and that one practice can see us through the day and it can you know, lead us to, to calm and, you know, help with emotional dysregulation and overwhelm and anger and all these things. And that's why when I see your posts pop up on LinkedIn, I always get really excited because you've always got a nugget of something that you've tried. And it's almost like you're just one step ahead and you're like, just try it and see what happens. And it's all, you keep leading like an invitation, like leaving an invitation for people to kind of go, well, if Joseph can do it and it's that simple, maybe I can do it. So tell me a little bit about the Wim Hof, because I've talked about it in a previous podcast and there was an ADHD slant on it. But I wanted to know, you, you're very um, convinced that the ADHD brain is perfect for, for the Wim Hof. And I agree with you. Tell me a little bit more about why you believe that. Well, starting off with a little bit of the science, I mean, I don't tend to touch on the scientific part of it too much because, well, I'm not a scientist and I am not an expert, frankly. 
But uh, we do know that uh, Wim Hof getting in ice cold water boosts dopamine by like 2.5 times baseline, which is massive. It's like equivalent to some class A drugs, except without the side effects. We also know that it boosts adrenaline by a huge amount, like over 500%. That does two different things there. One is it's helping you to focus, and it really does do that. And if you're feeling low, which a lot of us can, then the boost of adrenaline takes that away. Mm. So obviously getting into ice cold water isn't a very, very extreme thing to do. And I also think that a lot of people with ADHD are also into doing extreme things as well. So it works. The breathing techniques, they are, like I said, because they're so easy to start. And if you do commit to 10, 15 minutes of it, you will be so relaxed at the end. I actually tend to use it almost every 25 minutes. If I'm like, say I'm doing something I really don't want to do. Like, it could be like doing my finances or something. Yeah. Every 25 minutes, I finish like a, a round of trying to focus and I just go straight back into the breathing again, just to reset myself. And, and it's, that is why I think the Wim Hof method is so powerful for ADHD. So you're talking like sort of doing like a Pomodoro type way of working where you work for sort of 20 25 minutes have a break and that break you use to do some breath work I love what you said you said reset and that is and so often with our ADHD brains we can just kind of go on our phone and scroll or get distracted and before we know it we've like lost two hours of productivity in the day but you're kind of you keep bringing yourself back to the breath which is kind of keeping you in this mindful place this place of being in the present so you can do the things that unfortunately we have to do, like our finances. and But you're also calming yourself and settling yourself and I guess helping yourself with focus and concentration to enable you to move on to the next task. Yeah. Sometimes when I've really got the, the breathing technique right, I will be in such a high state, like emotionally, that I will like grab my phone and then order something, this is so weird, but order something on Amazon that I didn't even really want. Like, I know that sounds mad, but it's just showing you the power of what mm-hmm. it can do. Now, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm a lot better at channeling that now. But the point is, it's, it's clearly opening something up in me. Mm. Now, I think we're maybe getting touching onto like, the spirituality part of it here, which I'm also extremely interested in. In fact, yeah, I think that too. that actually holds the keys to dealing with ADHD in a way where we can do amazing things in the world and totally accept who we are and be totally okay that we don't do like the nine to five thing very well. So just before we started this call now, I had like a couple, like 10 minutes or something to spare. And I immediately started procrastinating, just waiting for the call, uh, the, Mm -hmm. the interview to start. And I caught myself doing it, which is not always possible, which is the reason why the Pomodoro timer works because I have a Pomodoro timer that just resets my screen on my laptop every 25 minutes. So the longest time that I could possibly procrastinate for is 25 minutes. And every single time that the screen goes blank, literally, I go, oh, I realized what I was doing. And then I just go straight into the breathing technique. In, out, 30 times or so. So I realized I was doing that before we started our call. So I did the Wim Hof breathing again. And then I just felt centered and relaxed. I was actually able to focus. And I've noticed that uh, the voice in my head, which is often very noisy, gets quieter with, mm. Wim Hof, with the Wim Hof technique. 
just to go back, I'm going to ask you about the Pomodoro screen thing. We'll put that in the um, show notes because I can imagine people will be interested to know what is this app, what, what you use. I'll put that in the show notes. The breath work. So you just did a little example then. If someone's thinking, right, how do I do this without having to go through the whole Wim Hof training? Do you breathe in through your mouth? the first one and then out no because it's through your nose and then out it's continual breath isn't it so if you could just give an example and then you do it for 30 times if someone wants to use this immediately just could you show people i know they can't see but just so they can hear that breath what i would do if you've never done it before and especially if you're adhd which i assume everybody listening is is i would do one breath through the mouth to begin with it's because it's easier so it's just literally sit up straight with your spine straight and your face directly forward. Open your mouth a little bit. Let the oxygen out. And what I tend to do is like a double breath out just quickly like that. And I've pushed the oxygen out. And then I will take a big, deep breath in through my mouth, filling up the belly first, then the chest all the way up to the head. So hold it a second and then just let it go. So don't push it all the way out. Just let it go. And then start through the nose. So it's belly, chest, head, through the nose. And then let it go. Do and that you're breathing the, out, and you're out breathing through, out the, through the, mouth. the mouth. And okay. we, this time we don't hold at the top. As soon as we're full, we let go immediately. And yeah. the letting go should feel like relaxation every single time. Yeah. And that's just a continual loop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or 30, 40 breaths or so. Okay. And after practicing it for a while, you will get a feeling for when you've had enough. Mm. You'll just feel your entire body's charged up. Now, you've reminded me of something actually that I forgot to say. So I got when I got um I saw the neurologist, uh, I think it was in February of 2017, and he said, you know, you're doing a great job. Anyway, I got diagnosed ADHD not long after that. And I went to see the neurologist one more time for like a year checkup. So it would have been in August, 2017. And I told him that I'd got this, I got diagnosed ADHD. And he said, that makes sense. So I said, right, I've been given medication. And he said, I probably shouldn't take that. And I was like, why? And then he just explained something. It was something to do with having seizures and whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. But he said, that shouldn't be a problem for you because you've already learned loads of techniques that are going to help you. I was like, okay. So he didn't give me any more information and I was shocked and stunned and I just didn't know what to do. Anyway, I then went and researched what does the ADHD medication do? That was like the first thing I did. Okay, it boosts dopamine. What else does? And I found cold therapy. That's how I was led to Wim Hof, which is about four or five years ago. And so because the Wim Hof method is sort of replicating the same effect as ADHD medication, that is another reason why I think it is essential, whether you take the medication or not. Because I was talking to a Danish guy who is a specialist in ADHD, and he was saying, so he takes the medication, and he said, every time I do the Wim Hof method, I get super relaxed, which is he thought was the opposite of what he should get. And I said, no, I do as well. Mm. So I don't know whether that's a common trait with people with ADHD that doesn't happen with people that don't have ADHD. I mean, I'm convinced Wim Hof, by looking at him and hearing, he's probably got ADHD himself. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if he's been diagnosed or not, but I really wouldn't be surprised. And hearing you talk like this, especially the reaction of the neurologist, is making me think that 
we need so many Wim Hof breathwork facilitators, however you want to describe it, whether it's got the Wim Hof tag or not, to be there, you know, alongside from the holistic side to be able to offer people this. And this is why I wanted to do this podcast, because if we're offered medication, it makes us feel worse. It's helping us focus, but it's, you know, everything else is it's not making us feel great. To know that we've got the power within us. I mean, that's what the most incredible thing is with breath work. And it astounds me every time is that if you're living and breathing, you can make yourself feel calmer, more focused, more relaxed, more centered, whatever you want. So you may have heard me talk about my daily ritual of taking supplements on the podcast. Long before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I recognized gaps where I needed some extra support and tried to find supplements to help myself. This has ranged from gut health, sleep, concentration, and seeking more calm, especially for my nervous system. I've tried all sorts, often taking up to 10 different supplements throughout the day. And my bedside drawer and kitchen cabinet both resemble some form of disorganized apothecary. And often I'm actually not even sure when I should be taking and what I should be taking. I'm so glad that I've recently come across a new brand of supplement that I've been taking religiously for the past month. I first came across Nubria in my local health food store. I emailed them immediately and very coincidentally, they are based only a few miles from me in Manchester. There are several reasons why I love the brand, but the biggest one is because they've done all the hard work for us. Currently, I'm taking one called The Edge to help with my focus when I work. This blend aims to improve concentration and optimize mental performance. I'm also taking Shine, which is the mood blend, and this helps to maintain emotional balance, positive mood, and promote better psychological function. I especially love this one as it combines amazing botanicals such as ashwagandha, saffron and turmeric with magnesium, lots of vitamin Bs and cytocholine sodium, which supplies our brain with the energy to stay sharp. And lastly, and most importantly for me, I'm taking the sleep option called Drift. The more I learn about ADHD, the more I see how interconnected sleep is. And unfortunately, many of us, often including myself, aren't getting enough or a good quality night's sleep. Since taking Nubria's sleep formula, I've noticed myself sleeping for longer. And if I do wake in the night, I fall back to sleep quickly and wake feeling more refreshed in the morning. I'm so impressed with this formula. I don't think I'll go back to my standard magnesium that I've been taking historically for years. Nubria's Drift contains a unique blend of folic acid, vitamin D, magnesium, L-tryptophan, as well as other sleep-enhancing ingredients. I want to share all this love I have for the brand and offer you exclusive discount code for you, my podcast listeners. I say this time and time again, I will not promote or recommend anything I don't believe works. So to get your discount, which they have offered very kindly 20%, head to nubria.com and that is N-E-U-B-R-I-A.com and enter in Kate20 for 20% discount. And there's also another offer which you can get three for two on the website. So you can't get the discount on that, but there is a three for two offer if you head to nubria.com. I'll put all the details in the show notes and good luck because I think they're wonderful supplements. Let's just go towards the spirituality side because you mentioned in one of your posts, a, a book of mine that is one of my favorites is The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer 
because we can be carrying all these beliefs and all these kind of old stories and conditionings and especially from like throughout academic success or, or not success and all of a sudden we can get to a point in our lives where we can drop everything release everything and just kind of like open ourselves to almost like the next opportunities the next options where did your spirituality side come in and I guess what drew you to the Michael Singer as well because I love that we both had that in common yeah yeah the day I read The Untethered Soul I could not stop reading it Mm. and I realized this person is explaining to me how to be a spiritual being better than anybody ever has and I prior to reading it I had um, done like the Shambhavi Mahamudra Kriya program with Sadhguru, the um, yogi, Indian yogi. Um, I had been to Indonesia and done yoga retreats and meditation and things like that. And something about the way that Michael Singer explains what spirituality actually is hit me very, very hard. And his description is that psychology is the analysis of the thoughts. And spirituality is the analysis of the one who hears the thoughts. Mm. And that is profound because if you think about it, you realize that we're not our thoughts at all. We get so wrapped up in our thoughts, but by the fact that we call them our thoughts means that they are not us. Mm. There is something inside of us. There is, well, there is us that hears the thoughts occur. Mm. And you can test that right now by just going like, hello, hello, say hello, hello, hello in your head. You'll hear it. That means there's a subject object relationship between you and the thought. And when you realize that and you meditate a lot, so I choose to do Vipassana meditation now because it's the, I find it to be the quietest form of meditation where we concentrate only on the breath around the entrance to the nostrils, which means I can really, really hear the voice inside my head. And by practicing that for a long period of time, I can tell that there's a separation between me, the one who hears the thought and the thought itself. So that means that when a very nasty thought comes into my head, which does happen, I can actually laugh it off because I realized that it wasn't me. It was my thought. Yeah. It's giving that, you that disconnect. Yeah. And it's, it gives you the license to not take your thoughts seriously anymore. I like I've been meditating for years now. It doesn't, the thoughts don't go away. But there is a separation between you and the thought, so you don't have to take the thought seriously anymore. My mind's going, oh, you know, I shouldn't be writing about ADHD. Like, I have no right to. Uh, and then and I just laugh. And I go, okay, take it seriously for a split second and then go, oh, no, that's just my mind again, being ridiculous. Or like, I wish I was doing something different. Or it's, it's raining this morning. Like, how can it be raining? Like, it's, it's June. I mean, that's just a ridiculous thing to think. And yet we all think it. What Michael Singer got me to realize was that this moment, regardless of how bad it is, is beautiful because it's there. And that is like, how amazing is it that 13.8 billion years of forces, natural forces occurring in the universe, all led up to this one moment right now. Mm. It's just incredible. And if I wanted to change this moment right now, I'd have to go back 13.8 billion years and change all of the forces so that this moment was different. And the final thing I will say about Michael Singer and spirituality is it teaches you to drop your identification with your preferences. So it's like, oh, I don't like it because it's raining today, or I don't like this job, 
or I really, really like this thing, so I'm going to cling to it as tightly as possible. Because then what we're doing is we're creating an environment where we say the world has to be this way and everyone around me has to say these things, but not these things for me to be okay. And if it's not that way and those people don't say these things or they say nasty things to me that I'm not okay, then you know I'm going to fall to pieces. Every single person's life, they're probably going to spend more of it in a position where people are not doing what they want and the weather's not going to be great and things are not going well. The best thing to do is to separate yourself from all of it and just surrender completely to what is happening. And I get, I truly understand how difficult that is. And I know a lot of people hearing me speak right now will probably think that that's like a pipe dream. And I am not there yet. Mm. I love it. I love it all because it's like, I think we're so used to controlling and maybe with ADHD even more so because everything feels out of control and chaotic within. So wherever we can control, we do control. Yeah. By surrendering more and more and more to things, I am noticing that life throws up more amazing things than I could ever have planned. Yeah. And I, I get it. If someone said that to me two years ago, I'd go, nah, I'm just going to stick to my goals and do this. Well, again, that's fine. Like it's fine, but this is maybe this is just another way. And if trying to stick to your plans isn't working for you, try surrendering. Yeah. I mean, is ADHD the ang- the way you want to go now? Like, where do you do you see your passions and your interests moving towards? It was actually my wife, Kaylee, who she recommended that I write on this subject, and which I resisted to for two years. And as soon as I started doing it, I realized, I mean, I, can't, I, can't, I still can't believe it because I the amount of messages that I get every day from people is absolutely insane. In fact, I'm struggling to kind of manage it at the moment. And it's just, so I realized that this is another part of surrendering. Now my condition or my difference in ADHD here, and then my interest in like spirituality, meditation, yoga, cold exposure, going out into nature, eating like whole food diets, you know, that kind of thing. So if I could marry those two things together, then I think I'll provide huge amounts of value to people. Mm. And that's, that's it. And whether that's always about ADHD, I just think whatever people need is what I'll go towards. Yeah. You kind of have the big picture, don't you, of, of you know, what you're doing. You're you're doing the work. You're doing all the research. You're trying it out for yourself. You're seeing what works. And then you're talking about it and you're allowing other people to kind of take an interest as well. And all of that that you talk about is something that I'm completely fascinated in. And for me, I had all those interests before before I had my diagnosis and then getting the diagnosis for me was like the final aha moment because now I understand now I understand what my nervous system was drawn to why I needed to seek calm in nature why the cold exposure for me is is you know amazing every time why I and I hate this word should be meditating more because when I meditate I realize how powerful it is um, breath work you know I come back to it's not consistent but I think what you've inspired me definitely reading your post is that we can lean into these things but it doesn't have to be all of them all on the same day so what I have now given myself a bit of leniency over is that if I have a walk in nature with my dog and I do a little bit of a breath work you know on on the walk that for me is enough because I've got kids I've got a busy life I've got a business like it's really hard for me to fit absolutely everything all in because they'd be like a full-time job. 
And then one day if I don't go for a walk, then, and I lie on my yoga mat and I just, you know, close my eyes and meditate for 10 minutes. That's also enough to keep me going until the next thing. So I don't want people to feel overwhelmed that if they, if they're going to not take medication or they want to lean into this kind of more holistic way of managing their ADHD, that it's got to be like all or nothing, especially the ADHD brain loves an all or nothing. So what would you recommend for people that if they, they're going on LinkedIn now, they're reading through your posts, they sign up to your newsletter, and now they're like, ah, it's overwhelm central. How do people kind of dip their toe in and start feeling around so they can get some benefits? Okay, so I'll break this into two sections. So there's one, which is, I think, what we do as soon as we wake up in the morning. Now, I have a, an 18-month-old son. So we try and wake up before him, but in the summer, that's not always possible because obviously it's bright. So I will always do these things. I'll sometimes try and do them before he wakes up, but sometimes I'll have to do them after his breakfast. Mm. It's in a cold shower. Mm. So what I recommend is 30 seconds under cold, then switch to hot the 30 seconds and then switch to 30 seconds of cold and 30 seconds of hot and do that for five minutes. Um, the other thing you can do is just 30 seconds of cold and then do your hot shower as normal. So it could be like three or four minutes and then another 30 seconds under the cold. And then every week, just add another 30 seconds of the time under cold until you get to a point where you can do a full cold shower. I will then, uh, because I'm very relaxed at that point, I will then do some breathing techniques. So the one that I tend to do in the morning is um, in through the nose for two seconds so it'll be one two and then out through the mouth for four seconds one two three four i'll do that for i don't know 30 seconds or so and then i will close my eyes and then i'll do some meditation for 10 minutes and then i'm, I'm ready then i feel like i'm ready so that will give me that sets me up for the day then now on to number two now every I will use a Pomodoro timer, which is, as we've explained quickly, is like a 25 minute timer. And my version blanks my screen on my laptop every 25 minutes. Um, and there are two reasons for that. One is it stops me from hyper-focusing on the wrong thing. And secondly, it stops me from massively procrastinating. It, it, it genuinely works. So I set for 25 minutes. At the end of the 25 minutes, I will tend to actually stand up immediately just to get the blood going around my body. I'll, I'll sometimes do some squats, maybe a press up or two. I'll walk around the house a little bit. Then I'll come back to my desk and do some breathing. Now the breathing technique that I do next is very, very different to the one that I did earlier on. And it's generally very intense. So I don't know how going through it will come across on the podcast, but should I just explain the steps? Mm. So it's in through the nose for one second, out through the nose for one second, 30 times. So it's a, I'll just do is like that. And then after the 30th, full breath in through the nose and hold for 30 seconds. After 30 seconds is over, push out through the mouth and then hold for 20 seconds with no oxygen in the lungs. And then start work. Press the 25-minute Pomodoro timer again, reset the cycle. That's what I do every single day. Now, I will take an ice bath two or three times a week as well to sort of boost it. 
sometimes I take the ice baths in the early afternoon if I know I have to do a lot of work in the afternoon. Because usually afternoons are not not good for me at all. Um, that I think that's the same for a lot of people with ADHD, actually. Mm. Um, and sometimes I feel really bad, like very down, not very well. So I'll go into a routine then. I will Even in the middle of the day, I'll get straight in the cold shower. I'll do the breathing techniques. I'll do very intense breathing techniques. Uh, I'll do a Wim Hof breathing technique where I'll lie down on my back for 15 minutes and follow the process. Well, you can get from his app. Anyone mm-hmm. can get that for free. And then I will, again, do a bit of meditation at the end of the Wim Hof breathing. But the, these things work so well. Yeah. I've come to all of these things through intense experimentation. Because my morning routine used to be very, very long. And I realized I wasn't sticking to it. So it was defeating the point. Mm. And now my morning routine is pretty quick. You know, That's takes... the thing, isn't it? It's got to be sustainable. We're going to have to keep wanting, wanting to do it, not get bored of it. Um, it can't be so long that it's like too overwhelming and too detailed. As soon as I'm, you know, you were talking, I was thinking of my son who's nearly 17. I just wish to God that, you know, boys, especially he's just finished his GCSEs, to know this type of thing, like how they can increase their productivity, how they can get away from their phones and Xboxes and how they can help themselves because, you know, if he's in his bedroom for two or three hours, I know full well there's procrastination, there's Xbox going on, God knows what else. And it's kind of just like, if they had these little nuggets, you know, teenagers to know that they can help themselves. But then on the flip side, I kind of think teenagers' brains aren't, whether they're they're, um, sophisticated enough to be able to know that this can help them. I don't know. I don't know if you, we get to a certain age where it's like, okay, I have to do all the other bad stuff first to get to the point where we need to get to. It's a bit of a chicken and egg. And and again, as a parent, for me to say to him, right, try this, he's probably not going to listen. But coming from someone like you, they they may listen. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that, I think that's a really good thing about Wim Hof because he's sort of like, he's crazy, isn't he? And he, he's got just this incredible personality that just beams joy and happiness and that's probably the reason why i tried it because of him more than anything um but you know i don't think i'd have done it at 17. i think i might have tried it for like five minutes and then just given up but nowadays why do i stick to it because if i don't stick to it it all goes downhill very very quickly and i'm and i've let it go downhill very very quickly on several occasions over the last five years and i'm not willing to go there again there's so much here where can people find you? Where can they, um, where would the, you say is the best place to sort of like learn more from your teachings? So at the moment, obviously, I, like I said, I post on LinkedIn every day. Uh, I also have the drug free ADHD newsletter, which is at drugfreeadhd.org. And I have an Instagram account as well, which I'm posting on more regularly, which I think is like Joseph underscore pack is my okay. Instagram handle. Okay. So that, that's okay. it at the moment. But I think over the next few months, it'll grow to other things as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see where it goes. And thank you so much for joining me today and just imparting some of your knowledge and insights. And anything that we sort of discussed, I'll just put on, on the show notes. Maybe if you've got any breathwork guidelines or anything like that, we can we can get that on the show notes so people can try it for themselves. Okay. Amazing. Thank, thank you, you so thank much you. for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Josie. So that's today's episode done. Did what we talk about resonate with you? I really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes 
that enhance your daily life. And if you did find this episode insightful, please do consider sharing it. Knowledge and awareness is power, especially with ADHD. You can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time.